We want to welcome everybody to our, our Bible study. Kevin and I, Kevin Clark and I, are going to continue to conduct our Bible study that we began, well, back some time ago. We began on a Wednesday night when we weren't meeting on Wednesday nights instead of our usual Wednesday night Bible classes. And then we moved to Sunday night mm -hmm. when we uh, started meeting here at the building for Wednesday night Bible study. And then we, we've recently started back our Sunday night services. Mm -hmm. And so we got good, such good response and encouraging words from people, uh, encouraging us to kind of keep this study going that we've decided to continue it in, in a little bit different format. So what we're planning to do is do a couple of 20-minute Bible studies. Uh, and uh, they'll be posted one early in the week and one later in the week, hoping to give people uh, just some encouraging Bible study material and thoughts uh, to help them sustain them and build them up through the week. And so uh, you can listen on your way to work. You know, you've got about, about 20, we're planning to go for about 20 minutes or so. So listen on your way to work or listen while you're uh, working just around the house or out in the yard. Or if you get up and go for a walk, take your, uh, take your uh, earbuds and put them in and, and listen then. But just something that will help uh, people. Uh, we have especially in mind our members here at Oak Mountain, but if others uh, in, enjoy it and, and want to listen, of course, anybody's welcome to listen. And in fact, if, if you listen and like what you hear, tell other people about it. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that's what we plan to do. So look for uh, this to be available on the website, uh, maybe Tuesday morning, and then another one, maybe Thursday morning. And that what might give us a uh, a couple of shots during the week uh, of encouragement. And so if you assemble for worship on Sunday, you've got that. And then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then so a little bit of encouragement all through the week. And that might help us in our um, in, in endeavor to, to be well-pleasing to God. So uh, we hope that you enjoy the study. We're going to look, look at Ephesians and hope that you enjoy it and benefit from it. And if you do, I tell other people about it. Kevin, anything that you want to say by way of introduction? Yeah, I just say from a practical standpoint, if you're a member, you know what the website address is. Uh, I'm embarrassed to say I haven't memorized it, but you can do what I do, which is I basically Google Oak Mountain Church of Christ, and it comes up, and you can go to the website and have access to it. And as uh, my brother said, uh, try to send the word out to other folks. It's a resource. It's a tool that's available. Uh, 20 minutes is not too intrusive upon our schedules, and so you can do it fairly easily. As Bob said, you're working out, you're driving to work, driving from work, or uh, any other time that you can just have some opportunity to be have your thoughts centered on God's Word. Uh, we're supposed to be uh, people that are always mindful of the Lord's will, and the more things that we can put in our lives that will cause our minds to think of those things uh, will be a good thing. And of course, we're going to do it from a biblical standpoint, not just going to make things up or try to uh, come up with something funny or entertaining or some of that nature. Uh, we're just going to go through the Word of God. There are things there that certainly are beneficial to us. God put it here for a reason. And uh, I think this approach, especially with the book of Ephesians, is going to give us the balance of the truth. And we've talked a lot about that. One of the biggest challenges is to have Bible teachers and preachers uh, preach the entirety, the whole counsel of God, as Paul talked about in Acts 20. And so when you're wed to the text of the Bible, that's probably one of the better ways to discipline yourself. Not the only way, but a good way to make sure that the balance of the truth is presented in this program. All right. Well, before our time gets away, if we're shooting for a 20-minute uh, Bible study, we need to... Uh, continue on in the class, but we want to take a few minutes just to let people know what we were planning on. So we're going to study the book of Ephesians, and what I'm going to do this uh, in this session is just give an overview of the book. 
Uh, the church in Ephesus is established on Paul's third journey, about A.D. 52, and so the letter is written about 10 years after the church was established. It's written by Paul while he's a prisoner. See that in chapter 3 and verse 1 and 4 and verse 1. And so, in all likelihood, Paul is in prison in Rome. Now, he is in prison in a few other places uh, during the course of his preaching life, but uh, in all likelihood, in Rome. Uh, and again, about A.D. 62 to 64, somewhere in there. has a lot in common with Colossians mm -hmm. as far as uh, its concepts and even uh, its phrasing mm -hmm. shares a great deal with Colossians, although the emphasis might be a little bit different in each of those books. Well, let's just think about an overall statement that might summarize what Ephesians is about. So we'd encourage you to read through the book of Ephesians in its entirety in one setting. Uh, it doesn't take very long. It's just six chapters, and so it won't take you very long to do that. And try to uh, grasp in your mind, in maybe one statement, what the book is about. So here's a suggestion. Paul begins in, in chapter 1 by saying, I pray that the eyes of your heart might be enlightened so that you'll know the hope of his calling. And so Paul wants him to come to a knowledge of things or understand. And so he's explaining something to them. And so he's explaining the eternal purpose of God or the eternal counsel of God, which was a mystery in ages past, but revealed in this present time. That purpose is to bring all people into fellowship with himself in Christ, in one body, so that they may lay hold on the glorious inheritance God has laid up for them in heavenly places unto the praise of his glory. And so God has a plan that he's working out in history, that he has worked out in history, to bring people into fellowship with him in Christ and reconcile people to himself in Christ so that they can inherit the promises that he's made to them. And all of that is to the praise of his glory. He goes on to explain the practical implications of this relationship to God in Christ in various aspects of life. And so uh, that sort of in encapsulates the book. The book of Ephesians is a great book. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just expansive. It takes us from eternity past in the mind of God through what God has done in history into eternity future as we inherit the promises that he's laid up for us. And so I think I've touched on some of the major ideas there, the eternal purpose of God, the mystery, uh, the idea of being in Christ and in one body, uh, looking forward to being with him in heavenly places, and then all of this to, to God's glory. Anything you want to add just as a general overview to the book? Yeah, I would say uh, along with that, there's a lot of discussion about God's grace. And of course, that's a critical component uh, of the plan. And, and how was it that God is able to bring us into fellowship when we have disqualified ourselves by the way that we've lived? And so over and over, there's a reference to grace, Ephesians 2, 1 through 10, probably the greatest concentration of that teaching that, you know, we all were once dead and alienated by our dark works, but through the grace of our Lord Savior Jesus Christ, we're able to be brought near uh, I'd also add to it, there's the concept of predestination. It goes back to your eternal purpose. And it's predestination, not the way some people would say, think of it, that God from the very beginning chose arbitrarily certain individuals, but the idea of the type of person that God has chosen through Christ. What attributes would this person have? How would they live? We see that in Ephesians 2.10 when it talks about that God had created good works from the very beginning that we should walk in them. 
And so the idea of being predestinated is that, you know, God has, through his son, a character of individual that's going to be in his kingdom, and all of us are available to become that, uh, but God had framed that before the world even began. Oh, so right. I think those two concepts of grace and predestination really are subsumed in the framework that you yeah, gave earlier. Right. Well, there are a few recurring ideas that we'll come across in the book of Ephesians, ideas that occur more than once, several times through the book. Uh, the idea of being in Christ, mm -hmm. uh, especially this opening passage, 3 through uh, 14, you find this expression, in Christ, in whom, in the beloved, about 10 times, I think, in that opening passage. But throughout the book, chapter 2 and verse 7 and 13, chapter 3 and verse 11, and so that refers to the spiritual union that believers have with Christ. Sometimes Paul uses that expression, mm -hmm. with Christ. You've been buried with Christ. You've been raised with Christ. So that would be a very similar idea. And so all the benefits that come to those who are in union with Christ or in Christ, that's a very important idea. So we want to make sure that we are in Christ. Amen. If you're in Christ, you have such great blessings, it's hard to imagine uh, how, how wonderful they are. The church is an important aspect of the book of Ephesians. And so we're introduced to that in chapter 1, 20, verse 22, chapter 3 and verses 10 and 21, and then chapter 5, mm -hmm. 22 and following where he's talking about mm -hmm. uh, husband and wife relationship and how that reflects the relationship between Christ and his church. The church is sort of the, the place, kind of an entry point, where believers or children of God in the church come into the presence of God. We are the dwelling place of God. We are the temple of God. And so it's where we come into His presence. And so we sit with Christ in heavenly places. Those who are in Christ are in the church. But it's also sort of the entry point of God into the world mm -hmm. as the church takes the gospel and proclaims it to the world and, in a sense, brings God into the world so uh, people can know Him and uh, come to have a favorable relationship with Him in Christ. And so the church is very important Absolutely. in the book of Ephesians. Paul talks about the mystery mm -hmm. in several passages. Chapter 1 mm -hmm. and verse 9 is the first place where he mentions that uh, he's made known to us the mystery of His will. The mystery is, as he explains in chapter 3, the uniting of Jew and Gentile into one body according to the purpose of God. And so God's purpose was always to bring Jew and Gentile, all people, into fellowship with himself through, through Christ. And so that's, that's the mystery. It's also how God reconciles all these men to himself through the crucifix, uh, crucified Christ. And so that never entered into the mind of man mm -hmm. until it was done in Christ. He also talks about the conflict between Christ and spiritual forces, mm -hmm. and how we need to equip ourselves to combat those spiritual forces, put on the whole armor of God. And so that's found especially over in the uh, last part of the chapter, or the book. The second half of the book, uh, the idea of walking mm -hmm. is a prominent idea, which of course is simply a way of saying, here's how you need to live as a disciple. And we'll talk about that in more detail as we get as we get to that, but work for unity in the church, exercise your gift, develop personal holiness in your family relationships, make sure that you're doing as the Lord would have you to do, and then there's some final exhortations to faithfulness and devotion. So those are just some prominent ideas in the book. 
Kevin, got anything that you, you picked up on in your study that you'd like to bring out? I think you've covered most of it. Uh, one thing that I was uh, impressed, two things I was impressed with. One was uh, God's will. There are several references to the will of God. Ephesians 1.1, Paul talks about being an apostle by the will of God. In Ephesians 1.5, we reference predestination. It talks about predestination according to the good pleasure of his will. Ephesians 1.9 talks about having been known to us the mystery of his will. Ephesians 1.11, according to the counsel of his will. And then the end of the book, Ephesians 5, or getting towards the end of the book, Ephesians 5.17, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And so the idea that the will of God, what God wants to happen, what God intends to happen is very important, and it's our job to make that happen. So uh, that's a very important concept. And then I'd also just talk about unity, and I think it's mm -hmm. kind of subsumed in some of the things we're talking about. But uh, beginning as early as Ephesians 1.10, where he says he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are yeah. in heaven and which are on earth, in him. And then obviously the very powerful uh, chapter, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 4, talks about the one Lord, the one faith, one baptism. And so the idea of oneness, and then you've already referenced unity among uh, God's people, whether you be Jew or Gentile, all are brought together as one. The middle wall of partition or separation has been broken down by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. So the importance of unity among God's people. And of course, uh, Bob preached this morning that very thing, uh, John 17, Jesus prayed that there be unity among the believers in order that the gospel may be more effective. And so we need to be unified as God's people. Well, I picked up on, um, as I was thinking about Ephesians and thinking about just the the message in general, especially this first section, the first half of the book, chapters 1 through 3, uh, that, that phrase found in chapter 1 and, and verse 10, I'm reading from the New American Standard Bible, that he says, uh, the summing up of all things in Christ, things in heaven and things on earth. And so just think about that. God's, God's plan through eternity, and so he talks about the eternal purpose or the eternal counsel of God, the eternal will of God. That was to sum up, just to bring together all things in Christ. And so he's bringing things into fellowship with him through Christ or uh, among those who are in union with Christ. And so if you wonder, what, what is God's will? What's God's will for me? What does God want me to do? Well, he wants to bring you into fellowship with himself, but that comes in him, that is, in Christ. And so that's, to me, that's just a phrase that uh, jumps out, jumps out at me. And so I, my attention is drawn to that. And that helps me to kind of center my thinking when I think about the book of Ephesians. So as we said earlier, the book of Ephesians takes us from, um, he talks about the eternal purpose mm -hmm. who uh, here in the first chapter, he chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. Mm -hmm. And so takes us into the mind of God back in eternity past, how he works that plan out through the ages, especially culminating in the crucifixion of Christ. And then as the gospel is proclaimed, uh, we obey, we're, uh, uh, we're brought into union with Christ, we're in him or with him, and then we conduct ourselves and live our lives in a way that will bring us into glory. Mm -hmm. And all of this is to the praise of God's glory, the mm -hmm. praise of the glory of his grace. And so there's that idea of grace mm -hmm. already emphasized there in, in chapter 1. Absolutely. I'd add to it, um, one of the things I'm about coming into Jesus, I like this uh, verse, Ephesians 4:21. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. A lot of times people are looking for truth. People want to know where is the truth? Is there objective truth? Yes, there's objective truth. Where is it found? In Jesus. If you want truth, you come to Jesus. That's the only place it resides. 
All right, very good. Um, I think our time is probably about out for today. As I look at the clock, this, we're going to have to get used to this, Kevin. This kind of 20-minute limit. <laughs> it is difficult. Yeah. It is difficult. I'm not used to that yet. So uh, we just want to invite everybody to participate with us in this study. And um, as, as, as we said in the beginning, the format maybe is so you can listen while you're driving or listening while you're working or doing other things. And we hope that we'll say things that will help you uh, through the day and help you in your relationship with the Lord, build you up in the faith and so forth. Amen. And so we appreciate everybody joining with us today in yes. this, our first study of this type. And uh, we, uh, we plan to continue it and add to it and hope that it will be, be helpful. Amen. So we want to close with a word of prayer. Sure. Kevin, would you lead us? Let's bow our heads. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you so very much for this day that you've given to us. Thank you for life, health, and strength. Thank you for waking us up this morning. We're especially fond of this day. It is your day a day in which we've had an opportunity to come together as your saints to commemorate the death of your son through the partaking of the Lord's Supper. And while we've been gathered together, we had an opportunity to sing praises in thy name, to pray as we're doing now, and to hear a portion of your word proclaimed, to sing songs of praises to your name, but to edify one another in the process. It has been a wonderful day, an encouraging process. Thank you for giving us this opportunity. We thank you very much for this Bible study and the opportunity we have to work together in this very unique way to study the word with others and provide uh, insights uh, to those not only of this congregation, but anybody who is uh, willing to set aside some time to uh, go to our congregation's website and access this teaching. Please be with us that we may study and prepare and do our part in terms of breaking unto them the bread of life. And please help the listeners on the other end uh, do their part to receive the things that you have prepared in your word uh, for our benefit always. We thank you for the book of Ephesians and this great study that we're undertaking to look at your eternal purpose and how that was uh, fulfilled in Jesus Christ and what that means for us in a very practical way in our daily lives as we're trying to labor to form Christ uh, in us and what does that mean in our various capacities as either a husband or as a wife or as children or as servants or as masters. Uh, all of that has a practical component uh, trying to be Christ in those various capacities you've laid out for us, how we are to work, how we are to live, how we're to think. And these are things that were in your mind from the very beginning. We thank you for that. We thank you for the grace uh, that saves us. We certainly know that from the book of Ephesians, that we are saved not by our own merits, our own law-keeping, but by your grace. But with that grace comes conditions. And again, we hope that we'll be better at meeting those conditions and satisfying them so we can have the full benefit of the grace through this, uh, the blood of your son, Jesus. Thank you for this time. Please continue to be with us and bless us. Keep us safe. Uh, so many things about, around us in our world that are dangerous to us, uh, diseases, COVID-19, other illnesses, and just a uh, disregard and a lack of sanctity for life that seems to infect so many people. Uh, please be with us and please be with our hearers that they may be safe and have the opportunity to peacefully serve you uh, throughout the rest of their lives. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.